Hey everyone, welcome back to Vampire Weekday. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host Kevin, and today we got a special midweek recording where we will be covering I Don't Think Much About Her No More, the cover by Vampire Weekend of the famous Mickey Newberry song on Vampire Weekend's fourth album, Father of the Bride, the Japanese edition bonus track. That yeah, was a it, mouthful. Yeah, there's a lot there. Yeah, it's like the, um, what's the t-shirt that you see that get passed around? I, I'd rather be listening to um, um, Rob Thomas, Smashbox 20 singing. Um, you know what I'm talking about, right? No, I can't say I do. <laughs> That's definitely a tweet from the account there, soon, but. There's a tweet, yeah, it's, um, damn it. You know what, I'm gonna look it up. I'm gonna look it up, but happy Thursday, folks. I'd rather be listening to, to okay, smooth. yes. Yeah, I'd rather be listening to <laughs> this is great radio, guys. I'd but I be yeah. to Grammy Award winning 1999 hit Smooth by Santana featuring Rob Thomas of Matchbox 20. Wow. Off the multi platinum album Supernatural. Um, <laughs> I, the one I saw did not have that, but that's even um, better. So sorry about that, folks, but that was going through my mind and I had to let that go. Happy Thursday. Um, feels like a bonus episode for us. You guys are going to listen to this like probably weeks from now. So it doesn't even matter what day of the week it is for you. But what a great track we have. Um, I know the band and Ezra specifically talked about uh, in the uh, follow up to the uh, album's release, uh, which was over two years ago now, that there was a much more of a lean into the Great American Songbook. And we have some obviously country influenced songs, this album, some blues influenced songs, this album. And this is a straight up cover uh, from kind of a, a point in Nashville's history uh, when they were at a turning point. Uh, so just a great, great little track here. Um, let's get into it. Yeah. The first thing that comes to mind when I listen to this song is how Ezra said uh, in, before making Father of the Bride, he had this one moment at a, Casey Musgraves concert where he just had this songwriting revelation that he was kind of overcomplicating everything and that's why Father of the Bride is so storytelling driven and even though it's it's still complicated most of the songs are still complicated in their own vampire weekend way but they're definitely simplified from the um the just mash of words that kind of sound nice in modern vampires of the city and secondary and tertiary and fourth meanings that sometimes you see in these early albums. But I think this song's a good example of literally just covering a song that's a very straightforward story of a guy missing this girl that things ended with. Is he missing or not missing? I think he's lying to himself. I don't think much about oh, her no more. He's lying. There's I no like that. Not. I like that a lot better. He said in verse uh, one, he says, this morning at dawn, Lord, I pulled into town, had some coffee and talked with some old friends of mine, laughing at the good times they remembered. And then I remembered a time. A time, and it just ends. And he he obviously was going to finish that sentence, and then was just so heartbroken by mm-hmm. remembering that time that he just couldn't. So I mean, what is that time? It's it's him with that girl, right? 
Yeah, I I think we've all been there to an extent, you know, where we're trying to trying to block out a bad memory by trying to just have a good time. And most of the time that doesn't work. I mean, sometimes it does, but it's like it's hard to forget tough memories. And what a beautiful way to put it, you know. I originally, when I first heard this, thought this was a Paul Simon song, mainly because of that verse where it said, had some coffee and talk with some old friends of mine. I don't think like country people go and just get coffee. I, I think like Northeasterners would go and get coffee. Does that make but, sense? Well, no, when I think of like a Western, I think of a cowboy song. I think of some guys sitting around the fire drinking coffee because they would make coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Cowboy coffee where you just like have a pot with coffee grounds and water and then mm-hmm. just pour it straight. But um yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, when I heard the song, I pictured them going to this like bougie coffee shop and just like chatting it up. And then the girl comes up in his mind. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's, it, it, it's interesting you point out this kind of narrative part of the song, because I mean, I mentioned at the beginning that this is kind of a transitional time in the history of Nashville, you know, so we're in the, we're in the late sixties when the song was released. Up until that point, uh, Nashville was pretty, I guess, standard, I guess you could say, in, the, in their approach. It was basically, they found guys that could sing. They found guys that would write. The writers would write songs to the guys that could sing. And that was pretty much it. Like Mickey Newberry, before he released his own stuff, wrote a couple songs for Kenny Rogers, stuff like that. And late 60s, early 70s, guys like Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, Willie Nelson, kind of came into the forefront as guys that could both write and then sing their own stuff. And Mickey Newberry was absolutely a part of that. Um, Nico and I just before the show were watching a cover of this song by Johnny Cash. And Johnny seems to have a ton of respect for both Mickey uh, and the song itself. Uh, so the narrative thing, you're right. It, it feels a little bit out of place. And there was absolutely a sense in which it was out of place at the time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I see what you're saying. Um and yeah the alternative alternate title for this song is poison red berries which honestly i feel like is a better title i don't think much about her no more is a very long title it's a little long yeah Yeah. (laughs) um but yeah it's it's kind of really cool to see vampire weekend start to really show off their music respect of all of this music whether it's previous alternative previous rock previous country even here um we've seen previous uh rap with step so you see they have a large respect for a bunch of different genres of music and they they definitely go out of their way to show it and it's really nice yeah, I like. I, I think when I when I hear this song, I think of the, the cover from their iTunes sessions of "Have I the Right," which mm-hmm. I don't know if we'll talk about that at some point. But Ezra definitely is a voice for rock and roll, but the guys also just in general just killed that song. And I think in general, it's really. I mean, it's 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 important. Um, I don't want to be like old man yells at cloud here, but like it's cool when newer artists have an appreciation for where they came from because very very seldom if ever 
are we seeing a situation which does she cross my mind yeah i was um, gonna say that <laughs> had to be on purpose very very seldom if ever do we have somebody obviously people come up with new things but most of the time people are just basing things off of stuff they'd previously heard you know so it, mm-hmm. i think it's cool to see the guys recognize that recognize their own talents and kind of bring it all together i i love on the wikipedia page for mickey newberry it has this really, really long list of people who've covered his songs um, or recorded some of his songs in the first place. And the first two are Johnny Cash, Vampire Weekend. (laughs) (laughs) Did they list them in order of like relevance? It's not alphabetical. So I guess relevance of the song, maybe because both of them covered the same song, but I yeah, suppose it's, so. It's Johnny Cash, Vampire Weekend, Bob Lumen, Rob, Roy Orbison, Tennessee, Ernie Ford, Bill Monroe, it's, it's, yeah. Johnny Rodriguez. Well, Mike I mean, B.B. King, Tony Rice, Kenny Rogers. Yeah. That's so all like, these like classic names. Like, I mm-hmm. don't see any other name that sticks out as much as Vampire Weekend here. Yes. Elvis covered a song. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, you hover over all of the, um, all the, the 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 hyperlinks and all of them are either pictures of really old people or so and so was so <laughs> yeah yeah that's cool I mean it's cool it's it's cool like I said I think it, I think it's really important that there's a recognition of where this stuff comes from and it's really cool there's a quote here one of my favorite guys uh, during a show in Galway Ireland John Prine said Mickey Newberry is probably the best songwriter ever. It's a bold um, statement. That's a pretty bold statement. But this song is a good sample of it. So I love Daniel's vocals in this song, by the way. I think just so beautifully used. And if you listen to the original, the original song is about twice as long as this one. There's a bunch, there's like rain sound effects in the background, mm-hmm. but the middle, I guess, two thirds of it, if you will, is pretty much the same. I mean, the, the guys did a really good job of capturing the um the mood of that original song and danielle's voice absolutely helps with that there's a beautiful key change in the middle i was actually gonna say i feel like danielle's background vocals are different enough from the originals that creates a little bit of a different mood oh i think i think i think it's it's a little bit different i think it's generally the same but you're saying you feel it's a little bit different yeah the original kind of creates this like slow pace like gallop on a horse like type feel while um i felt like danielle's vocals are very similar to what we hear on hold me now okay and in the sense that it's creating this regality to the song mm-hmm. and this really wide scope yeah i mean in any event she sounds beautiful but yes mm-hmm. i think it's it, it's cool what that does to, to add a little depth to the song yeah, yeah, and it's it's really a beautiful song, beautiful cover. There's not much more to it, to be honest. <laughs> Happy um, we're here. Happy we uh, got to do a little little look classic country dive today. I I do think it's interesting of note that Lord Ulan's daughter, which we covered last week, um, as another Japanese bonus track it plays with the themes of the album would you say this also does because i 
I don't really get that sense, but I guess the relationship does end by spring snow. So maybe it is the That's aftermath. The thing. And, and we haven't gotten into Jerusalem, New York, Berlin yet. Um, like in a sense of where do we truly leave these characters? Um, but, you know, we're also dealing with a bonus track set that features Houston, Dubai, which I don't straight up. I don't know, but it sounds happier, which of course we know absolutely means nothing when it comes to these guys. Um, yeah, I mean, this this is definitely tighter thematically than their other albums. So it's a question of, I think I think the, the choice of this song is obvious to include it in some respect. And you're right, if you take Spring Snow to me and this thing's over, then yeah, I think there's a, there's a good reason to include this. You could see our main character years from now listening to this song and thinking the same thing after the events of Spring Snow. True. What a great album, by the way. I went front to back earlier this week. I mean... Holy cow. I remember the year the year after it came out, because it came out in May, so it was like mid-year. But the year after it yeah. came out, it was like the year in review for 2020. I think Father of the Bride was 53 listens or something. And the next closest album was like 26 listens. So Oh yeah. I it was I think it was it was definitely my top five. Um, I think it was like four Bruce albums and then Father of the yeah. Bride. Yeah, mine was like Father of the Bride and then a bunch of Kanye albums. Have you checked yours recently? Uh, no, I've main I haven't really been listening to albums a lot recently, so it's a, it's a lot of like EPs. So I I check the like most played songs. Um, yeah, I think lot. it's always fun. And... I think my most pl- oh sorry, finish. go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, there's this one EP by this guy named Cosmo Pike, who's like experimental alternative jazz, I would say, if I can describe him at all. And he's been at the top for a long time. But Manchester Orchestra just came out with an album that's slowly climbing up to the top. Oh, that's right. You are you are a fan of theirs. I am. My, I am. my top song is, uh, well, Two songs of 18 plays, Time Out of Mind by Steely Dan and The Steps by Haim. Shout out Danielle. Haim is up there on my list. Haim is my number four band of the year. I've been listening to them a lot more this year than previous. So, um, so yeah, it's it's a great album uh, and it's a nice track to close the musical part of the album as you get Lord Ulan's daughter Mm -hmm. spoken word after. So favorite lyric? Yesterday's gone, Lord. It's better forgotten. Mm. Go seldom if ever does she cross my mind. All right. There we go. Seldom is a nice word. It is a nice word. Does it get used enough? No, it does not. Uh, I'll I'll go top five with um, spring snow um flower moon unbearably white harmony hall and stranger, was that five stranger okay so we're going all father of the bride this week as wow. a special yeah because we've been covering a lot of it recently i'm gonna put i'm gonna put stranger at my number one this week because i caught it on sunday afternoon um on shuffle and that was just a real treat um then we'll go this life let's go white sky 
unbelievers. Throw Walcott in there. I got a good Walcott earlier today. Nice. I guess what I'm realizing is, you know, when we get to the last episode, we're actually going to have to lock these in. I, I was about to say, we. it's interesting. We started saying top five, thinking we would slowly solidify these and like create this list that is every song's been analyzed. And so it's as educated as you can be about their discography. And yet the way we're treating it is, I don't know, I'm feeling pretty father of the bride today. <laughs> I feel this week. I've, I've tried to put myself... My key, my, my key is personally when I do this is if someone asks me like what my favorite songs are, I'll list probably like seven or eight and say, mm-hmm. those are in my top 10. Yeah. So that way you're never actually locking yourself into 10 songs. You know, you just say, oh, they're in my top 10. I think the I think- last episode, I'll have spent a good amount of time looking over the discography and like actually putting together something and not thinking of it on the fly i think that's probably appropriate yeah because <laughs> because now it, it'd be one thing if like these songs just dropped yesterday but we have had by the time the podcast is done the most recent record will have had two and a half years to gestate i think that's a that's enough time i hope not <laughs> hope we're not gonna get new stuff in I, six months i don't know you never know <laughs> he said okay. he's in the lab Okay, man. <laughs> um, so the hat for this week is a Notre Dame basketball hat, because why not? Because uh, also I'm running out of hats. I think this well, is my last hat. <laughs> all of our all of our spring sports are, are doing quite well this year, because we're a spring sports school now. Um, Notre Dame, you're saying? Notre Dame is yes. Yeah. Our that's what you can, when you're when you when you go to a college, you can you can say our. Yeah. That's really the only time it is acceptable. Well, I, was, I was more. Providing a clarifier for the audience. They don't know that. They know we went to Notre Dame. Yeah, but you could be talking about like a city sports team. I don't know. But I think in general, I think it's, I, I slip into doing this sometimes, but I think it's weird to say we or our when it's a professional <laughs> sports team. Because professional I sports agree. fandom in general is so weird. It's a private business that yeah. you're like. No, I, I definitely agree. It's normal to say <laughs> we or our for colleges because you actually yeah yeah, you actually did something there and you knew people on the teams and stuff but yeah nfl unless you have someone you know who works for the team or something like family then like no it's just weird yeah we're we're going i'm a hypocrite i do it sometimes but yeah i i'll do it sometimes well, I'll say we them boys when I want to be annoying as, as a Cowboys <laughs> fan. So, um, but the song for next week, we're sticking the father of the bride. We're riding through. We're going My Mistake. A oh. song that is hated in the Vampire Weekend community. I love this song. I've never understood it, but I, I think controversial I hate track for sure. So. Yeah, I've, I've never looked into it, but I think I hate this song. But we'll see. Yeah, so we'll tune in next week to hear us analyze the most controversial song in the Vampire Weekend discography. Take it easy.